0: Episode 8 of the Woke Ish podcast. This is Ebony. And this is Zama. And this week we are going to talk about the things we'd like to see put to an end um, in this new year slash new decade. But before we get there, we'll start with our shout out segment.
1: Yes, and so our first shout out um, is that um, so this is the first episode we are recording in February. So we wanted just to give recognition that is the start of Black History Month. Um, mm-hmm. You might have seen, you know, stuff on Google where they're, they have their little, like, search engine thing mm-hmm. kind of doing things related to Black History Month, as well as certain pages are kind of giving everyday different um, information about uh, historical figures. It was also this week Rosa Parks' birthday, so I know <laughs> I saw on the Shade Room about how Nicki Minaj released, like, a song where she kind of like, I don't know if you could like diss Rosa Parks, oh, but makes a reference to Rosa Parks about how like, I don't know, it, it, there's it's a video on in the shade room. And so a lot of people have a lot of mixed feelings about this, about whether it's disrespectful or whether it's like a really clever play on words. Either way, there's lots of um, funny references, but also I think it's important to take the time to remember and learn about the important historical figures um, that um, there is to know about, because I know a lot of times it's, it's overshadowed in a lot of the history that we're taught. But yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to Black History Month and um, to everyone who's made some sort of contribution to our, our country and in, um, in what we have today.
0: Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I guess it. I guess it's fitting that our two other shout-outs are for—well, um, we'll be centering black folks, too. So we also want to give a shout-out to the Kansas City Chiefs for winning the Super Bowl mm-hmm. um, and, you know, who— I get. I mean, I watched the game. I'm not a huge football fan, and I don't know like all the rules and all the language and everything. But they have a black quarterback, and yes, apparently that's, that's a big no deal. deal. Yeah, it's there's um, not that many. Yeah, so there aren't that many black quarterbacks. Uh-uh. Yeah. I mean, there's
1: more now than there there used to be. Yeah, but there's not that many um, black quarterbacks, and it was like black quarter black. Black quarterback against non-black yeah. quarterbacks. So I always root for the minority. Yeah. But he was this youngest person to be oh, yeah, Super Bowl that. MVP, mm-hmm. and um, he—it's his second year, second or third year. He last year missed, uh, lost the game right before the Super Bowl mm. to Tom Brady, and people were like, you know, he's gonna make it. Yeah. He's just really talented. So this year he not only makes it but he wins. Yeah. So. What's his name again? Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's from Texas. So yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. He went to Texas Tech. Um, oh, that's what's So, that. I mean, I think he's from Texas. I know he went to Texas Tech. I think he's also from Texas. But um, yeah, no. Shout yeah. out to him. He, I like him as a as a person in addition to as an athlete.
0: Yeah. So, he, because he's from Texas, were you rooting for him?
1: I was rooting for him because I like him. Since when he w- first went in the draft, um, I there's like certain people. Well, certain quarterbacks like black quarterbacks or I don't know if there's any Latino quarterbacks that I know of but black quarterbacks in particular I always just instantly want to root for yeah. because of the way that um, they're just it's they're just stereotyped and in, in certain they're kind of categorized in certain ways as either just like only referred to as being super athletic mm. or talking about their physicality yeah. in. You know, regards to you look at other quarterbacks who are white, where they talk about how like smart they are yeah. and how um, they have to have all this uh, knowledge and yeah. stuff. And so with Patrick Mahomes, uh, I've
0: heard about that, like oh, a really tactical player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
1: when they refer to him, they're like, oh, that was such a smart play. And when yeah. it's a black quarterback, they'll just say like, oh, look at his athleticism. Mm. So with Patrick Mahomes, it was just uh, I I just really I think he's going to be like a, uh, he's going to have like a I think you know my partner and I were talking about this like we think he's going to be the next Tom Brady oh, like really? he, it's just the way that he has started yeah um in the I just I really like him so I was really glad for him to win um and uh I also watched the game too and uh I know people have conflicted feelings about it but I think that you can't dismiss the whole, you, there, you know, there are definitely things wrong with the NFL as a, as a corporation and an institution, but, you know, to also not want to discount the achievement of Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. that he works really hard to mm-hmm. accomplish the, the dream there, which is to win the Super Bowl, right. and he does a lot of charitable things, like a lot of good oh, things yeah. on the side,
0: yeah, yeah. so I, I really like him. Yeah, that's a set. I like, I like the way that you talk about, um, Well, I mean, sports in general, but football. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then our last shout-out goes to um, one of my best friends. Her name is Asase Obo, and she um, is a medical student right now at uh, Michigan State University, um, going into her fourth year, but she's also the incoming president of the Student National Medical Association, um, which is, uh, from what I understand, a pretty big deal. And um, she... You know, I mean, she's a black woman in um, the fact that I, I mean, I think I just really applaud the fact that she does so many things um, and that she balances them so well because she's also um, a I, I don't know, renowned makes it sound famous. But <laughs> I mean, among our group, she's a really renowned photographer and he has been doing that for a long time. So we jokingly call her doctor, F- doctor photographer. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to shout her out and being um elected the president of the Student National Medical Association. And um, with that, we will transition into our In the Know segment. Okay, so now for our In the Know segment.
1: Yes, and so our first story is about uh, Joaquin Phoenix, who is, I, I have like this weird, I, I don't know exactly how, he's a mystery to me. <laughs> um, and I think I realized it's because he's a method actor which means that they go all in for each role. Oh, yeah, and they so become
0: that actor. They become that the actor. Role.
1: So in a lot of time, so I think that I saw an interview where he was being super weird, and <laughs> he apparently, I think, was doing the interview in the role as his character, and mm. I didn't realize that. Because even other method actors don't go to public appearances as that <laughs> actor. They just, like, do their everyday lives as it, yeah. but not go on, like, you know a talk show as that actor and that's a lot of dedication so now I'm like oh knowing that he does that it's it's kind of like cool but and he comes from a family of actors um so he uh is in the news for calling out systemic racism at the BAFTA 2020 awards which is like the big award show for um in for the UK it's like our our it's like the UK version of the Oscars So in his acceptance speech for best actor, which he won for his role um, in Joker, Joker. he launched into a powerful, somber speech about how Hollywood has shut out, shut out actors and filmmakers of color from awards season. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, that's who he is. (laughs) so uh, in the speech he said I feel conflicted because so many of my fellow actors that are deserving don't have that same privilege I think that we send a very clear message to people of color that you're not welcome here I think that's the message that we're sending to people that have contributed so much to our medium and our industry and in ways that we benefit from Um, apparently not a single person of color was nominated for an acting award at the Baptist this year and only one actor of color received a nomination at the Oscars and that's Cynthia Erivo for her performance in Harriet and she's, I don't think American, I think she's English. So, um, and uh, this is kind of even after there's been an increase in the numbers of people in the Academy. Um, So there's a group of people who vote for um, the The winners of these and they have to be so like actors vote for other actors film uh, writers vote for other writers so it's people who are in the industry voting for um, winners in the oscars so this year um, after last year if you remember if you don't remember they did hashtag oscar so white because one of the things they were saying is there's a lack of diversity and at the Oscars. So in response to that, they created an initiative where they increased the number of people who are now in the Academy. Mm-hmm. They increased the number of women, the number of people of color. But as a result, we still don't see um, any change. Um, and so... Yeah, uh, that's why this is kind of um, a a good thing. One, because he's calling out not just the Oscars, but all awards, um, different awards. And two, that as a white man, he used his privilege, um, his moment to talk about um, disparities across um disparities um, in in terms of having people of color not being recognized so that's why he was like shouted out and like it was cool that the NAACP kind of acknowledged him and uh, other um, celebrities and activists acknowledged him and so it's kind of nice to see that um People, for us people of color, you know, there's sometimes contention of we get mad at white. And we talked about this, looking the last episode where we're critical of white people when they attempt to um, speak on issues of people of color. Mm-hmm. And I think that this was a, a good example of white people using... Um, their privilege because he not only said, like, this is a problem and you need to fix it, but he said, um, people benefit, I benefit from this and it needs to change. So I think, like, that's a good example of what happens when you can be an advocate and an ally for a group that you're not a part of without, in some way, being disrespectful or condescending. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to put it in the shout out, but I figured, like, Um, it would be nice to just go into detail as a news story um, to not just applaud him, but the fact that uh, there needs to be more done um, other than just having more color, more pigmentation in...
0: um, Yeah, that's true. And I think that this is where it starts. Like, this is what, when people, um, bless you, when people are... Well, I guess people of color, when people of color are asking for allyship and they're asking for um, and, and, you know, the idea of like giving, giving voice to the voiceless, the, this is what they're referring to. And it's because if we aren't even in the room, we can't ask or we can't demand what we deserve. The people in the room that understand our plight are the ones that have to speak up for it. You know, and so this is awesome, and I and yeah, this is this is the jumping off point. So more people who know that this is the case, but maybe don't feel empowered enough to say so, and if, like white white actors in in particular, like if they don't feel um, compelled or they don't know how or when is the right time, and yada yada yada, this is a seed that has been planted, and and this is not the first seed, right? Like so, there were like you said, Oscars so white and stuff like that. Like this is what. Uh, this is the rallying cry, and so now it's starting to build momentum, and then we'll eventually, hopefully, start to see um, change. But, I mean, he, like, killed it in Joker, I think. I know oh, everybody, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, was yeah. comparing him, like, oh, my God, this has nothing to do mm-hmm. with uh, Heath, or th- this is nothing compared to Heath Ledger or whatever, but, like, he killed it. Yeah, no, so and I saw a picture of
1: protesters in Chile, because in Chile they're having, um, they're protesting against the government um, who they feel is, is corrupt and infringing on their rights. And the protesters dressed like he did in Joker. Really? Yeah. Oh, um, my God. And it's just kind of... And the people were critical of the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, you should. But people were critical of the movie saying, oh, my gosh, this is inspiring violence, and it's inspiring anarchy. And it's like, no, it's inspiring
0: people to
1: like protests.
0: Yeah, and what's the pur- what's the purpose of anarchy? People always look at the consequence and not at the root oh, cause. Yeah, yeah. Like what is the cause? People feel like they have to resist the government because the government is not protecting them. If all people were protected equally and covered equally, there would be no space for people to resist. Yeah. Like uprising, what why do people have to rise up yeah. because they are being oppressed and put down? Like yeah. that should be the focus. What is the yeah. root cause? So yeah, like I I mean, and then going back to, like, your whole method, like, what you were talking about, him being a method actor, like, he lost so much weight yeah, for that role. Yeah, he did. Like, he puts everything into that. So he, I think that he deserved it. But yeah. there's, but, you know, I appreciate him. Um, like, who did that before? There was a, at the Grammys, wasn't it? Oh, um, Adele. Uh, you know, and so, yeah, like, yeah. when, yeah, I, I think that that's so dope. Like, when artists, you know, and these are artists that de- that ob- quite obviously deserve it, right? But it's, like, the reason that I deserve it is because you're not considering, yeah. you know, yeah, this person, you know, my peer, like, they're not even in the conversation. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. 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 Um, and our second story is a little
1: less positive, but relevant. Um, And so it's the the coronavirus. Um, So the World Health Organization reported that reported 153 confirmed cases in in 23 countries outside of China, including 11 reported cases in the United States. So far, the only people who have been diagnosed in the U.S. have either been to the region in China where the virus was first detected or have been in close contact with people who have returned from China. Um, The first patient to be diagnosed with coronavirus in the U.S. is now out of the hospital. The man who wishes to remain anonymous um, because of a lot of people who are being ignorant and hateful um, was hospitalized at Providence Regional Medical Center in Washington state um, and will remain in isolation while he continues to recover at home. Um, Federal and state officials were struggling Monday with how to carry out a stringent new travel restriction that was ordered by the Trump administration as a result of the increase in cases of the coronavirus in the United States, where um, they asked that passengers be quarantined who are arriving from China to control the spread of the coronavirus. The restriction ban uh, bans only non-U.S. citizens who recently visited China from entering the country and quarantined Americans who visited Hubei province, the epicenter of the outbreak, within the past 14 days. The administration is also requiring screening and self-monitoring of symptoms for Americans who recently visited other parts of China. Um, However, apparently this happened really fast and without proper, I guess, detail to what should happen. So a lot of people were saying well, where are we supposed to put the people who you want us to quarantine? There's no, like, plan as to where to put them. It's just, like, people who um, meet these restrictions need to be quarantined. So there was some bit of backlash and confusion from federal agents about how to carry on this um, travel ban. And now, recently, a diagnostic, a diagnostic test has been developed by the CDC scientist and was sent Monday to the Food and Drug Administration to be approved for emergency use by state labs. Currently, all specimens must be sent to the CDC headquarters in Atlanta for the virus testing. So, there's no, uh, I guess, quote unquote cure for this. People seem to be just getting sick and recovering, but people who are most vulnerable. Um, Like young people and older people um, are at most risk because, as we know, you can die from the flu. So it's not just that this is a very dangerous um, virus and that it's killing people because it is, but that it's spreading what's, uh, I guess, more scary about this virus. It's that it's spreading so fast. And so um, it's the spread of it and the inability to, you know, to kind of retain it uh, and contain
0: it that is causing people to be fearful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you can, take some preventative measures. Yeah, like, wash your hands. I've been saying, yeah, I've been saying that, like, I mean, that's pretty much all I got for you. Like, you know, make sure you take care, wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, share hand sanitizer, don't be, like, I've seen people be stingy with hand sanitizer. It's like, okay, you know that the person beside you, if they're not able to use it, you're affected by that as well. Like, yeah. you're affected, That that's what spreads bacteria and germs. Um. Yeah. And I mean, if you believe in flu shots, get that, whatever you're, if you believe in alternative medicine, I would definitely recommend, um, an Essiac tonic blend. And if you, um, want to know where to get that, you can like email us or DM us and I can tell you where to get that, but Essiac tonic blend or oregano oil, um, I recommend that to all my friends and just anybody. Like, if you get sick repeatedly, it's because your immune system is not um, up to par. So you need to build it up. Because, yeah, like like someone was saying, it's the most vulnerable people that are, that are dying from this. Mm-hmm. And so if you have um, – if your immune system is weak, that means that viruses can get in there and attack, you know, and you don't – your body isn't strong enough to fight back. So that's what you have to um, – that's what you have to strengthen is your body's ability to fight back via your immune system. Um, so, yeah, everybody be healthy. Take care. And yeah. That. Um, so and then our last in the no topic. So I just thought that this was I mean, they were talking about it on Twitter and it was trending. So I thought it was interesting. But um, a handful of how. Oh, so I should say last night. Last night was the um, State of the Union address, which I watched the first hour and I just could not. Finish it. Like I was like, is this the is this about the State of the Union or the the goings on of Donald Trump and like all his you know how he compares to the previous administration because he was talking about that so much like you know compared to the previous the previous administration it's like are you how how long is this going to be about Obama like how for how long I'm just curious yeah it's like, how long it's going to go on when you on. get mad
1: at like an ex like you're not over your ex yeah. and you, you obsess over and them there and bring you
0: them know up. what I there was actually something I saw this girl's um. Viral tweet yesterday, actually, where she was like she took a picture of her and her boyfriend and she was like, you know, none of my exes treated me this like treated me as well as he does. Like my most recent ex was trash. And, you know, I'm so happy that I got with this guy. And then somebody responded and they were like, wow, imagine, you know, being in what you think is a happy relationship with your girl and finding out that she's still comparing you to her ex like that her ex is still on the forefront of her yeah, mind. Yeah. And that's essentially what this is. Like it's not it's not about you, it's not about you and your partner and, you know, with the love that y'all are creating. It's about how he compares to this other person He's that so obsessed with Obama. Yes, it's an yeah. obsession. Yeah. And, you know, he Trump is very much obsessed with Obama. It's crazy. But um, so a handful of House Democrats boycotted the State of the Union, which, I mean, they did not miss a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Among them, though, was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who we've talked about um, on the podcast a few times. And she said, um, after much deliberation, I have decided that I will not use my presence at a state ceremony to normalize Trump's lawless conduct and subversion of the Constitution. None of this is normal, and I will not legitimize it. Consequently, I will not be attending the State of the Union. And, um, also, did I, you, no, I've, did you write yeah, that? Yeah, oh, I yeah. was like, oh wait, I did not write this. Um, okay, wait, do you want to? Yeah, talk? yeah, okay.
1: so Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, who, like, sits up next to the Vice yes. President, um, Met pettiness with pettiness. At the beginning of the State of the Union, Trump refused to shake her hand after handing her a copy of the of the speech along with Vice President Mike Pence, um, and so she kind of like shrugged it off. Um, and then throughout the. Wh- And then, you know, sat through the the whole speech. And then at the end, as he is leaving and um, soaking in all the the claps, she rips up the speech. And it was in clear view of the cameras. And uh, so and Trump apparently didn't didn't see it because she did it behind him. And later when she was asked about it, she said it was the courteous thing to do considering the alternative. And so people are saying that this is like the Democrat, you know, some people are saying she was being disrespectful, disrespectful of somehow they made it about the military because in the State of the Union, he uh, kind of acknowledged military members. Mm -hmm. And so they were saying, of course, that by her ripping up the speech was her disrespecting the military, which they always find a way to bring into that. Yeah, um, but so this is everything that all the news cycle was obsessing about was the tear instead of, like, his speech itself. So people were saying that the Democrats have finally found a way to use the the Trump uh, kind of formula of finding a way to take control of the narrative for the Mm. the news. So instead of, you know, because Trump, this is Trump's big moment where he talked so many about his accomplishment. He... Highlighted yes, black his people. accomplishments. Yeah. he highlighted <laughs> black people. He highlighted the military. He highlighted children. He did this grand yeah. shows. He did school choice, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, he so many things. The people who wrote this uh, speech just did so many things to you know to. Um, remind the Republican Party that uh, it's a good thing that he's president, but the main thing that everyone is talking about is the ripping of the yeah. speech. So I thought that that was, uh, I'm sure he's just like See going the, crazy about yeah.
0: that. Yeah, Yeah. I so the speech was really irritating. Um, and, you know, I think that, well, there were a lot of things that irritated me about it, but one is like, it just reified, you know, the fact that Trump is so arrogant. Yeah. Like all the whole speech was about him and like, oh, I did this and then I did this and then I did this and like, look, I brought some shiny, you know, black kids along mm-hmm. to to point out. I brought some some people who's um are whose health is struggling to to, you know, show all of my like accomplishments and everything and it's like, you know that you so you bringing one little black girl and her mom to this address and saying You Okay, now because you've been rejected from, you know, these schools, now you'll get to go to the school of your choice. Like, you recognize that this is a systemic problem, right? This is not, like, so you bringing one girl and saying, we're going to send you to whatever school you want does not fix the problem. Like, there are still tons of kids that are in poorly resourced schools. yeah And that that doesn't change because you helped this one girl. Like, I think that that's what he's missing is that I need to create large-scale change for all Americans that are suffering. Not bring one person, one token along and say, this is what I'm doing for this one girl to show you that I recognize that school choice is an issue. No, that's not what you're doing.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, Yeah, so I don't, yeah, I I couldn't watch it. (sighs) It But I watched the highlights and watching that, loop of her tearing the yeah
0: she was shuffling through papers the whole time (laughs) like there was no it would be hard for me not to like
1: the five minutes that i watched i just i could not i was like
0: oh my gosh i need to change i need to change the channel yeah she didn't care she didn't give any f's and mike pence was standing up every five seconds Of of course oh my god there was one old i can't remember what his accomplishments were so i apologize for that but um this really old guy who is I think he was gonna be a hundred this year oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he like his shout out to him was so long. Like the man had to keep getting up and sitting down, getting up and sitting down. Um. He got up and sat down like four times. I was like, Oh God, please let him sit. Like a hundred years old. Yeah, I think he was also at the Super Bowl.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Oh. There was like four uh, veterans, yeah. and he's he, he did like the coin toss or something. He did something yeah. uh-huh. presented the coin toss. Yeah, I
0: love something. that he's getting all his like, yeah, his um, glory. no. Yeah. I mean,
1: there are some moments where I just have to be like, put Trump aside, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This man yeah. should be recognized, yes, by a president and yeah. clapped for by people, yes. regardless of who the president
0: is. Yeah, I echo that. Yeah, I echo that. Okay, and so that wraps up our in the no segment, and now we'll move on to our what's being slept on segment. So that you wake up. Okay, so now for our what's being slept on segment. So um, again, we're gonna be talking about the things that we'd like to see end in this new year slash decade. So We've put together a list of ten things that we're most passionate about seeing end. I'm sure that if we thought harder about it, there would be other things because I'd be getting annoyed like on a daily basis, like especially on social media. Like, why are y'all still doing this? Why are y'all still talking about this? But these are our top ten things. So, yeah. So tell. the first
1: one is one that, um, and so I told Ebony that this was kind of. Uh, Spawned from a post on Instagram that I saw yesterday about a woman who's like a IG influencer who has maybe like 500,000 followers, and she like IG lived her breast augmentation, and I was telling Ebony like I'm sure that there's some sort of you know contract where you do this and shout me out, and you get a, re- a reduced price on your surgery. But she was, it was just like, it was like no big deal. Like, she was just showing us, like, I don't even, it was so, like, and the surgery itself looked
0: crazy. Yeah. Like, I feel it like even showing everything, video like video recording, like you getting a root canal or something. I can't even believe AIG be, like, H- like, allowed it. Like yeah. it was
1: actual cutting, like blood, yeah, like a lot of stuff. And so I just felt like she was the person was totally downplaying the seriousness of what she was doing. And what I thought was the most ironic is that she's kind of this like. Uh, her whole thing now, in uh, in addition to being like a reality TV star, she sells like alternative like supplements, mm-hmm. and she's all about like holistic um, healing. And she talks about how you shouldn't like take medicine. That you, she sells these things to you mm-hmm. to help you with like. Arthritis yeah. or chronic pains. Yeah. How she's See, all with of, that
0: right there. She sounds right up my alley. it's like this <laughs> no, and then she's all, It's all about
1: natural. And she, you know, she breastfed for like two years. Yeah. All about like, just and so, I was so surprised and like tease. And I was so surprised that she was. She never even questioned having saline implants and doing. She like just like rejects. Western medicine in such a way but to embrace the plastic surgery without question was to me like contradictory Mm -hmm. and I wish that she would have acknowledged and to been like yeah I know I'm selling you that I'm my business is based on the fact that I I tell you that doctors don't give you things that are good for you not only that but that they give you things that are harmful for you Mm -hmm. but I'm going to undergo surgery and that's okay And so, I'm not saying that having plastic surgery is bad or that you shouldn't, or that if you have plastic surgery, then. um, You're a
0: bad person. Yeah, you're a bad person.
1: But there's this contradiction in what she's making her living off of and what she did. And then, you know, similar to that, like Amber Rose, where she recently kind of gave a video where she was. Going, getting ready to go under for her surgery, which she called her, you know, new mommy makeover, and uh, she, and I thought, like, you know, totally, it's it's nice for, for a change for someone to be very um, direct with it and to say like, what you're about to, how I look like is based off surgery, um, but what I didn't like was a, c- a couple posts later. She talked about how um, she was – she videoed a a clip of her with her personal trainer, and she was – in the caption, it said, um, you know, liposuction is just a start. I still need to put in the hard work to keep my body. And I was just telling Ebony that I just found that to be downplaying again the – the role that plastic surgery played in how she looks, because it's not a start. It's like <laughs> most of it. It's yeah. like, you know, all you have to do is work on maintaining, yeah. but to have it like physically removed and t- to sculpted is, yeah. you you can't downplay that as a start. So that bothers me too. It's like this normalizing a plastic surgery where you make, People And then people in the comments were saying, I wish I could do that, but I can't afford it. So we're now accepting that that is, you know, I want to do that, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying we shouldn't, like, why do you want to, to do that? And I was telling Ebony that I wish like, what I'm over and I want to see end of is, like, people admitting that they're insecure. Like, tell me... Which is totally normal. Yes,
0: everybody has insecurities. Especially after after your body changes
1: with the baby. And if you want to have surgery to change that, then... You and you have the ability and the financial means to then you should but you should be honest that it's rooted in an insecurity and then that's an issue and to not do that and to say that you're a feminist and that you empower people to be you know you're asking me to accept you for who you are but yet I you don't accept yourself fully because you're modifying it but not telling me that it's because you don't like the way you look why don't you like the way you look like yeah. there's a specific reason for that and yeah. so see, i wish I, that yeah. could be i think well, that
0: okay. people don't want to especially people like that are influencers and stuff because insecurity is a normal a human experience right a normal part of the human experience i think that they want to represent themselves as being above the norm you know like yeah. so i don't i don't suffer from insecurities i don't behave as a as a, in a as a result of my insecurities Or even something like, um, I mean, yeah, because if you if you if you are celebrated for your beauty and you're celebrated for your body, you cannot admit that you're insecure about that because then it sort of derails what the the like root or reason is for your popularity in the first place. You know, and so I think like if we and and also I, I feel like for the first girl, maybe she's trying to normalized plastic surgery Mm -hmm. and sort of move it away from something that is considered not natural so she has this idea that like i'm pro-natural whatever whatever she wants to highlight that like that does not mean that i can't enjoy these things as well because you're right like it does sound like a contradiction but maybe to her she's trying to um take that away i guess or you know i I don't know i mean and then i mean i don't think that i would have never thought that this that Amber Rose was above this. Like I thought that she was all about plastic surgery, you know. And then, and especially cuz she used to be best or BFFs with Black China who is all about plastic surgery. Like she is all plastic surgery. <laughs> you know, um but I do I think that this it's sad that th- that this is being promoted as like a new mommy makeover thing, yeah. like as if the body that you have post baby isn't something that you should have pride in, you know? Like you grew a human and so now it's like all right i got you know and it, i mean it, it this grew from something right because there was the whole snapback thing yeah. where you know as soon as you have a baby you're back in the gym like as soon as you can be yeah. and now this is just like you know several steps beyond that but i think that this pressure on women to look a particular way even after pushing out a human person is just I mean, it takes all of the, I think not all of it, but it takes a ton of humanity out of that experience. Like this is what, this is, I mean, if you have, there there are billions of babies or millions or whatever of babies in the world. And like, this is a part of the experience of being a mother, right? Like this, or, you know, this giving birth process is so normal and mundane. Like for us to make it something that, well, one the, pla- the plastic surgery industry, like if we normalize this, they're gonna pro that's they're gonna profit off this. They're gonna start yeah. normalizing this. We're gonna start to see commercials, billboards, new mommy makeover stuff, and it's just sad, like that. This is where it's birthed, and all this pressure. I don't know. It, it we could go on and on about this, but it's yeah. ridiculous and it's disgusting. Yeah, it's so disgusting. So
1: that kind of spawned into my number two of like the dishonesty. So I just I wish that. I because I you know and I told my partner like I don't know if I will never have plastic surgery in Mm -hmm. my life because I don't know how I'll feel Mm -hmm. 10 years from now so I I'm not I want to put out that that I'm not saying that plastic surgery is bad or that Mm -hmm. you are not a feminist or not a good person or not happy with yourself if you have plastic surgery but um, I just want people to be honest about the complications of like why like tell us why you want it and if it's because you're insecure then you validate so many people to say like yes having a change in your body makes you insecure and one way to address that is through plastic surgery but you should still see a therapist or you should still get you know do other things in addition to that to make you feel better because it's it's more complicated than just I'm going to go under the knife and now I'm going to not be insecure anymore because there's I mean I just feel like insecurity yeah. is such a prominent issue with women and girls yeah. and
0: we live in a patriarchal how could you yeah. not be our society is so our society is, is like women are seen through the through the the eyes of men or like mm-hmm. the you know we are all victim or susceptible to the male gaze. You know all of us how can you not be? Like, mm-hmm. that's who cre- that that is who leads marketing. They, you know, and they and they represent, I mean, all of the, that's why I was glad when there were so many um, models and stuff like that that were pushing. And, like, I think Beyonce, Solange, a handful of other people who were pushing not to have their photos edited, mm. you know, because it makes us think that that is what they look like. And yeah. we want, you know, like, they're supposed to be the epitome of womanhood the epitome of femininity you know and if that's what we're striving for then we see like oh my god how do they how does how do they have this shape and they, they don't have cellulite or how do they have no body fat you know and it's like they don't they they have all of those things but they edit it out you know and and i think that if you're be being able to be honest about the fact that you struggle with those things will again yes it will push not only will it help to help other people to feel better about themselves but it may also push the industry to change as well cuz you have like certain brands like say American Eagle right they they stopped photoshopping their models so like if you go on the if you go like into an American Eagle or you look at their website or whatever you see women of all different shapes and sizes you know all of their like beauty marks um, their cellulite all of that it's in the pictures and that is so critical because like I look at this and I see myself you know or even like Episode several episodes ago when you were talking about um, the fake baby bump. Oh, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I had no idea was a yeah. thing. Like, I had no idea Me that neither. that was a thing, but that is disgusting. Yeah. And models allow this because yeah. they want jobs, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, yeah, I'll go put on this fake baby bump and make all these mommies that are shopping for shit look, uh, feel insecure because yeah. their bump doesn't look like, Like, no, we need to, we need to all, I mean, I, I don't want to jump the gun, but we need to all take part and take responsibility for how we contribute to the to these misconceptions, including the models, down the models, the photographers, the the designers all of these people play a role, and a lot of these people are women. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, so you, we can't just, I mean, yes, it's a patri- patriarchal system, but it's upheld by women as well. By
1: women and men, yeah. You know, yeah. like, we got
0: to, yes, be be honest. And that dishonesty started about, specifically about plastic surgery, I feel like started with the Kardashians, mm. you know, and how they were lying and everything. And now it's plastic surgery is being normalized, which is the opposite extreme. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, we got to find some, some middle ground. And, like, I, too, like you, like, I don't, I'm not, like, demonizing women that have plastic surgery you know and i i wouldn't even call it well i don't know if we call it westernized at this point because i was watching a documentary and they were saying that i think like um like most majority of women that have access to any like you know uh, what do you call that like money that they can spend or whatever mm-hmm. um in in many asian countries have plastic surgery so yeah like majority of women like so it's expected that you have you know and if you have it it's like Ooh, what's wrong with you you know kind of thing so it's sort of reversed and i feel like that's the direction with all these asses and all these <laughs> like yeah that's the direction that we're going yeah yeah so one one thing that I would like to see and our number three is cyberbullying slash not seeing celebrities as human. And so I think that I think that that's the direction that we are moving in. Like I think that you know more and more people are starting to speak out about it. But it's something that was really apparent to me in this past week with Kobe's passing and how I felt like people there was a sort of dehumanization in how we were treating the Bryant family and, like, not really respecting their privacy. You know, just not treating them in the way that we would want to be treated. And I think that that's because we put them on this pedestal which strips them of their humanity. And there, you know, there are... There was also, and this is more like, like sort of, I guess, trash news. But you know, with there was like a video going around with um, G-Eazy and Meg the Stallion, oh, yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. whatever they were doing, all hugged up and stuff. And it was like they, you know, I mean, people were saying that that it was just them trying to get, you know, like clout chasing or whatever that they're not really a couple. I don't know if that's true or not. But he is the ex of another artist, a singer, mm-hmm. who who said that I guess they they were in a like talk and maybe even like violent relationship or whatever like she was saying something about abuse yeah and this came up because she was at a she had a concert recently and some of the fans in the audience were yelling out his name oh yeah and yeah, she I saw like the... flipped out yeah, yeah and she's like you know don't like you know don't like say she was basically saying that she was gonna kick them out if they said his name again she was going up to people like who said that who said that who's saying his name and then she tweeted later that she hopes that people will start um she was like, you know, if you ever end up in a abusive relationship, like, I hope that people show you more empathy than you've shown me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that that was, you know, that's real because we don't, you know, we think that it's all a joke. Like, oh, it's real cute saying his name. Ha ha ha. But like if you had if if, if somebody else like a, nor- a regular non-celebrity person left a toxic relationship or left a... um abusive relationship and then somebody was just taunting them by saying their ex's name Yeah, like it would be like what you know what is wrong with that person yeah yeah. but yeah. for whatever reason we don't see celebrities in that way and we think that they're just their entire lives are you know for our entertainment and it's like no some of them are yeah
1: no, yeah, they have I, I regular feelings that's true <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah oh and then you're number four yes so number four what
1: I'd like to see end this year or decade is fake diversity mmm and in talking about that, what I meant, like, as an example, and we kind of – I alluded to this in the, in the Know with Joaquin Phoenix, but so the Oscars were saying that the, they created a diversity initiative to include more people of color in the Academy, and as a result, this year, we saw nothing, mm-hmm. like, no actual change. And one of the issues is that just because you bring in people who look, like, a different who look different doesn't mean that there are structural changes and so i think a lot of times in institutions and in organizations and companies we think that the solution what we mean by diversity is having someone who looks like brown or black um in the room mm-hmm. and um that that is uh Enough, and that kind of bleeds
0: into your number five. Yeah, so people of I would like to see an end to um, people of color just being um, in quote happy to be here, um, slash allowing ourselves to be tokenized. So I think, you know, we we feel we're so passionate and full of fire before we enter these predominantly white spaces but then once we're in it we're kind of quiet you know and we 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 want change but that we're afraid to um, push the envelope or ruffle feathers too much because we feel so grateful for having been given the opportunity or the chance Mm -hmm. or the seat at the table and I think in in that we devalue ourselves right because we worked our asses. I mean, we all. How many of us grow up being told that we got to work twice as hard to get half uh-huh. as much? So you worked your ass off to get there. Probably worked harder than half the people there. But then when you get there, you're silent, yeah. and you're no longer this advocate, that's super passionate, th- like this advocate that you were before you got there. Um, so yeah, I would like to see more people of color, you know, voicing our opinions, taking risks, and yeah, I mean, if you, if you were. Stop thinking about things as a handout. You know, it's so like, oh, I'm so grateful that they gave me this chance. Like, no, they didn't give you this chance. You earned it. And you have every right to speak up for yourself and for others. Like, that's the only way that we're going to see things change.
1: Yeah, that's just like the Terry Cruz and oh, uh, God, Gabrielle Terry Union thing. So tr- where, you know, <laughs> he kind, they kind of asked in an interview, they asked him about what he felt about, how he felt about her remarks, um, kind of indicating or actually, you know, accusing America's Got Talent, to um, racial insensitivity and, like, misogyny. And he was just like, well, that's not my experience. I don't know what she's talking about. And so not only saying, well, I don't know what she's talking about, but kind of saying, like, no, I've never seen that. I don't know what she's
0: she's seeing. So
1: kind of being like, you know, the whole, like, I've had a great experience. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what, you know. And not being like, okay, well, now you have a black person saying, Oh, I don't see that. So it validates yeah. it it invalidates Gabrielle's yeah. claims and validates other people, mostly white people, saying, see, it's just you being sensitive and not just yeah. you. And that was just not a, a race issue. That's what that's why we need intersectionality, because okay, maybe as a black man, he hasn't seen the things that Gabrielle as a black woman has experienced. Yeah. Cause she was talking about not only the racial insensitivity, but also how they were kind of the racialization of her appearance, yeah. and, and that's specific to the experiences of women.
0: But he was considering himself an ally when he was when he was talking about his uh, Me Too experience yep. and saying yeah. that like, oh, it's not exclusive. Yeah, it's not exclusive to women. And then who put their neck on the line? I mean, there were a bunch of people, a bunch of black women, but who put their neck on the line to advocate for him? Gabrielle Union. And so this was just last year. So for yeah. you to turn around yeah. and then you know like. It just, I mean, cut her off at the knees and like, yeah. ex- like what you're saying and validate her truth is ridiculous. And then to tr- and then to double down on it and tweet that you know you're not um, the only the only woman mm-hmm. that you have to have to appease is your wife. Like, yeah. not you know, not so. I mean, you're kind of like he's talking in code, but essentially saying that he doesn't owe Gabby shit. Anything, yeah, yeah, like it's ridiculous. Like while women are she. If we're considering being a celebrity and speaking out against the powers that be, if we're considering that a risk, she risked herself to advocate for you, and then you're going to turn around and just be happy to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is disgusting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of bleeds into my number six, which is how (laughs) I'm just bleeding together. I don't know. Like, I'd like to, it's not necessarily see an end to this, but see an end to the way that it's. To the the way that it's being presented. And I'm talking about the Women's March. And so it's presented as this empowering event where we're like sticking it to the man and we're showing people that women are that work as women that we're here, that we're going to, you know, not stand for your bullshit anymore, that you're going to see how powerful we are. But what made me mad this year was that apparently the LA Women's March excluded Black Lives Matter. And so Black Lives Matter sent up, they posted on, I think, Twitter and on their Instagram that they reached out to the Women's March to, in LA to be included, and they were basically ignored and excluded. And so they were saying that this year they're not going to participate in it, and it's just kind of— another example of how women of color feel excluded from what we refer to as white feminism, which is feminism that asks for you to um, focus and address only the issues that um, affect women without a consideration of the racial ethnic differences and perspectives of people who are not white. And so I would just like to see an end in people kind of assuming that me as a woman needs to be all in and like super supportive of the Women's March and that when I try to bring up my perspective as a person of color or my complaints about the exclusion of Things that impact the uh, Latinx, the Latino, the Black community—that I'm just like—that's a separate issue Mm -hmm. that I should compartmentalize it in. In a like, that's a Black Lives Matter thing. That's like a race thing. That's an immigration thing. Like this is a woman's thing. So I'd like to see an end to this presentation of the Women's March as like super progressive and reaction to oppression when it in itself is oppressive. And I, I don't think that people or women who are all about you know the women's march whatever would, would be like so uh let offended to hear yeah. that anyone would consider the women's march oppressive
0: yeah i i mean i think that uh, we we've had a few episodes where i've talked about my um views and feelings toward feminism and i mean it's just like at, at every turn it seems like groups predominantly groups that are comprised predominantly of white women do things that help to reassure me in my stance against mainstream feminism because if you there is there is literally no way that you should be able to there's literally no way that a white woman should be able to look in the face of a black woman and tell her that black lives matter is a race issue mm-hmm we're talking about the children and the husbands and the fathers and the brothers of these women. Yeah. How like how is that not my concern? Yeah. Like that is the that is the exact definition of my concern. You know, so it, I mean, I, I think that we that people are not people that cannot understand that all of these um issues and concerns are intertwined are people that I just have zero interest in um, supporting or celebrating or whatever. Because you, yeah, it's like for some, you can compartmentalize and you can put these things, these concerns in boxes because they don't concern you. So essentially what you're saying is that my interests are in this box and your interests are in that box over there. You know, and like, I, I just, I can't get with that. I cannot get jiggy with that. You know, so... Yeah, I honestly, I didn't even know when the Women's March was. It was okay. like the last yeah. month. Like when someone yeah. was talking about it before we started recording, I'm like, oh shit, did that happen? Because mm-hmm. I just, I just can't, I can't. Like if you, women's issues are far greater than sexual assault. Or than things related to to sex, Mm -hmm, yeah. Like we have so many things that we are trying to navigate and reconcile. That reducing us down to sexual assault victims, I think, does us, does our group, our country, this world, such a disservice. Um, Yeah, and then our our number seven is. So I would like to see an end to uh, folks passing the book. So a lack of accountability. And this came from a, a few weeks ago when I was in church. The pastor was talking about how Christians need to stop just stopping at prayer. You know, so like if we're going to be helping people, those that are less fortunate or those that are having um i don't know whatever issues or problems that we can't just always be like i'm gonna pray for you and then leave it at that you know because you could actually be the answer to somebody's prayers right so and then for for those who are not necessarily christian or religious or whatever you know stop not taking accountability for things like we all contribute to these issues so like how i was saying earlier say with patriarchy right There's a tendency for women to say, this is a patriarchal system. This is a man's, a man created this problem. Perhaps a man created this problem, but we are upholding it. You know, we're helping to maintain it. We are contributing to the, um, if we can, if we uh, think about like American beauty standards, right? So if we're promoting plastic surgery, we're promoting I don't know, like the idea that a woman should only be a certain size or that, you know, that we're shaming women for looking a particular way. We are upholding the system. Um, but that's just one example. Like there are tons of ways that we each as individuals help to maintain a, a, a system that is flawed. And so if we are not willing to at least take accountability for that, like, you know, it's, it's hard to change. Yeah, you know it's really hard to change, especially when you're. You know, one thing that I constantly think about is like consumerism, right, and capitalism. And I like I love to shop, and a, and mm-hmm. that was and it and, and you know it's it sometimes it sickens me because like I was kind of born into this like very like fashion focused family or group of women, um, and so growing up like I like that was like considered an outing, like that was like you know you know mommy daughter day or whatever like okay we're gonna go but also i was i we were poor so we thrift shopped but Mm -hmm. it was still like you know yeah it was like you know but thrift shopping was an experience like we didn't just go for like you know oh we need sweaters you know, it's cold, we need sweaters. It was like, no, like, we're going in there and we're trying to find the cutest sweater and, like, how can we put this outfit together so that when we go to school, our friends are like, oh, my God, you know? <laughs> um. So, yeah, so anyways, so fashion has always been something that I've been really into and in all of that, but I think about myself as a consumer and how I am, you know, contributing to this culture that's just centered on, on money, you know, and focused on having money for things, you know? And I, I mean, now, once I started hearing about... Uh, once I started hearing thrift shopping, because now thrift shopping is really trendy, right? Yes, yeah, like When I was yes, little, it yes, was not yes, cute. Yes. It was like, know, yeah. you don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Um. But now I can say, like, oh, yeah, I grew up thrift shopping, and people are like, oh, my God, you guys are so, you know. But it was not trendy then. It was like, oh, you're poor. Yeah, yeah um, it's a negative. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like you cannot, you're shopping here because you can't afford the mall. Yeah. Not like, Out oh, I don't choice. like the stuff at the mall yeah. because everybody. Now it's, I don't want to shop at the mall because everybody shops at the mall, and I don't want to look like everybody else, you know? Yeah. Um, but I in I re- I recognize that I have you know I've I've drank the Kool Aid I am part of the problem and all of that stuff. But I can say that out loud. Like I don't want to pretend like I'm not this like cog in the system. You know. Yeah. And I think that we need to start doing that. Like we need to take accountability. We need to stop passing the buck. We need to stop making things someone else's concern or issue. Like if you um, if you know that. I don't know, I don't know, somebody is suffering, and you can't, you have the means to help, then help, don't wait for somebody else to do it, you know, don't just pray for that person, like, get up and do something about it and even though you might be able to only help one person like that that's that bothers me too when somebody's like oh but i only have enough for so what you know help that person and then if your neighbor helps another person then slowly you know you the momentum grows and then you're able to help more people yeah but you know don't don't say that you can't help because you can only do so much when that so much is so much more than what that person has yeah that's true yeah. Um, and then my number eight, like, I would like to see rapper, I would like to see an end to rappers being such bad role models. When I think about, and I'm dead ass about this, like, when I think about, like, I mean, all the, all the, and I don't really, I don't really don't want to have this. Every time I get ready to say violence in poor communities, I feel like I'm contributing to, like, some false narrative, but I think. But I also need to, I think that that stops us. You know, there are a lot of black people, like college educated, middle class black folks that feel like they can't call a spade a spade because they're going to be judged. But I mean, for the listeners, like y'all know I'm from Compton. Like I grew up in these communities. So I feel like I can speak to the fact that, yes, you know, maybe it's a structural, it, not even maybe, it's a structural problem. It's a product of poverty. You put a bunch of poor people. Yes, we all know that. I don't need to say that. I think that rappers promote a lot of violence in these communities when they don't have to. Yeah, and so many people will say, "Oh, but if they if they you know talk about uplifting stuff, people won't buy the music." That is a lie. That is a lie, and it's lazy. It's such a lazy yeah. lie. If your favorite rapper is Future, which I don't know why your favorite rapper is Future, <laughs> but you're like fourteen. <laughs> yeah, if your favorite rapper is Future. And you stand for future. If future decided tomorrow he wasn't going to make any more music about doing drugs and being high, people are not going to stop buying his music. Yeah. If you support him, you're going to support him. Just like people that are more rappers that are more lyrical, rappers that have more positive messages, like J. Cole, they have fans. Yeah. Like they're fine. They're making money. Maybe J. Cole is not, a, you know, worth as much money as I don't know who. I don't, I don't know who... I mean, J. Cole is fine. He's not struggling. He's making money. So there's no reason that he needs to sell himself out or sell himself short and make music that he doesn't want to make or that he doesn't believe in. And I think that rappers need to be pushed to make better quality music because it's hard to say, you know, like there's the chicken and the egg thing. Like, yes, maybe something like gang and preceded gangster rap, but they uphold one another. Mm-hmm. You know, like you keep something going, by constantly speak by constantly putting life behind it. Like you don't have to do that. You don't have to talk about shit that you're not actually doing. Yeah. Like why are you talking about guns and shootouts and drugs and all I mean even though I think Future is actually doing drugs, but regardless, <laughs> like you that's not something that needs to be promoted in the music. We could change the dynamics of our community by promoting something else. By promoting peace, by promoting like you know, people bettering themselves and all of that. Like, it just... I don't We're know. Talking
1: about poverty in a real way, like how poverty, or if you're talking about the violence, you know, if it's drawn from your own life and you're talking yeah. about violence and poverty, then talk about how that negatively impacted yes. you and then how that needs to change or how, you know, you're 30 or 23 and you still, you know, being poor at five has influenced you in such a way that it, you know, affects everything you do. But yeah, yeah I agree. To just do songs over and over again about the same things um and then you know like with takashi 69 yeah then you get arrested for it and then you yeah. are like oh wait no I, I didn't mean any of that yeah like, and they take no real. accountability they yeah. act like
0: they they're like oh no rap music has nothing to do with violence no that's a lie this is these are people's soundtracks <laughs> like before they go out to to kill somebody they're not listening to opera <laughs> like they're not listening to pop music they're not listening to Jay Cole. They're not listening to Jay Z. No, they're listening to people that are telling them, like, yeah, like you know, like that like, shit up. Like that's like, the reality. Yeah. So no, we need to stop letting them act. We need to stop letting them lie and say that it has that these two things are not tied. They yeah. very much are. So my number nine is that I would like to see an end to a uh, fake slash passive aggressive compliments. So this is something that, and you know, a lot of. I I wish that I weren't so aware, like it it kind of bothers me sometimes because then I start to focus on things that don't need to be focused on. And I recently posted, um, actually on Instagram, I was saying like, you know, pay, you know, there are tons of people that love you, pay attention to those and not the minority of people that dislike you or hate you or whatever. And I fully buy into that. And it's something that I'm still learning and trying to do because I am, you know, thank God I'm not, like, famous or anything because I would be that – you know, remember when Cardi used to, like – when she was just starting out with her fame, there would be, like, hundred, 100,000 comments or whatever. That's ridiculous. But 100,000 comments of positivity, and then there's, like, two comments of negativity, and she's focusing on that. Yeah, yeah. All her energy. Yeah. Like, that would be me. Um, yeah. But I just – I feel like there are um, – There's this thing that that people who are uh, people pleasers get subjected to, and I think a lot of it is because we don't know what to say, like we don't know how to respond, but like have you ever had somebody give you like a compliment that didn't sound like a compliment like uh, it kinda sounds all <laughs> the time. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds kinda half hearted. Actually, my mom does that too. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds kinda like it's half hearted. It's uh-huh. it's like there's a tone of like judgment in it. People in um, the cell. Yeah. yeah. There's a tone of judgment, but they make it sound nice. Yeah. yeah and then yeah, when yeah, you yeah. you know, you process it and you, you don't know how to respond because you don't know, like, should I say thank you? Even though I yeah. know that you damn near you damn well didn't mean it like that. Yeah. Um, but because we are either like overthink I think I have both of these things but like overthinking and people pleasing you don't tell them like that wasn't nice yeah yeah you know like if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all like I could have did without that but now you're just like obsessing over that statement or that comment that was dressed as a compliment but it was like really a wolf in sheep's clothing you know yeah um so yeah I want people to stop saying that because You could say nothing. Like, I wasn't thirsting for your compliment or your comment. Like, I was perfectly fine without it. Uh, So if you're one of those people, and I think a lot of it comes from, you know, we all have insecurities, right? So I think a lot of it comes from insecurities and, like, uh, projecting, but let's stop projecting because once you stop projecting, you can do something about it and fix whatever the underlying issue is. Um, Yeah. And that leads us to number 10.
1: Yeah, and so this one is, it's not as serious, but it's just something that I just feel has gotten, like, so excessive, and that's no more makeup and cosmetic lines, because I feel like every couple of months a new celebrity or a new influencer or a new someone comes out with a cosmetic line, and I was just telling Ebony before we started recording, I just, like, don't know how much more nuanced and different, like, makeup Mm-mm. can be like with fenty rihanna her thing was current makeup lines yeah. don't address the different pigmentation and, and hues of people and, and i and i <laughs> i get yeah. that like that makes sense but when you have like every reality tv star doing makeup lines or you know celebrities you have like uh lady gaga you have kylie jenner you have kim kardashian you have um Uh, Selena Gomez now with their cosmetic line and it's just you know there's just a point where I'm I'm wondering like is there still a market for people to do cosmetic lines and just I just you know feel like I'm seeing very similar things over and over again it's just a different face promoting it and so I would either you know I'm at a point where I just we're giving little girls so much makeup we're putting so much makeup in their face where they feel like there's a, a, like, this is, has to be important because everyone is telling me mm-hmm. that I need it. Every person that I look up to, even people like Lady Gaga and Selena Gomez who are not, like, promoting, um, their kind of beauty is more, like, n- well, n- not like natural specific, but just kind of like acceptance mm-hmm. of who you are, and you know, if you're an outlier, if you're different, if you're odd, then you know that's okay. Like love yourself, but still like coming out with makeup lines, and so y- y- you're still getting the same message of yeah. I should be wearing makeup. That's important
0: because everyone is telling me and everyone's doing it. So yeah, it's I like would a just thing like, with like where how where we started out, like where the actions don't match yeah, the the yeah. words. You know, and I think I like the implications for it. Yeah. And like I was telling Zelma that, um, so I, I, like, I'm a huge baby person, right? And so I, um, I, I want to say I follow like two or three accounts of like little black girls who, I mean, I've kind of seen them grow up in a lot of ways because when I followed them, they were like babies. <laughs> and I mostly followed them That's because amazing. they like have really big personalities. So they're babies that say like hilarious things that they like shouldn't say or whatever. Um, and one of them actually is, is is now on or was recently on an episode of Kids Say the Darndest Things, which was perfectly fitting because she would say real reckless and just out-of-pocket things. Like, how do you know how to say that as a two-year-old? But now at, I think she's five, and she ha- she does, like, makeup tutorials on Instagram and YouTube, which I think is wild. Like, you are five years old talking about contour. Like, yeah, whoa. Yeah. There, there, that should not even be in your lexicon. Like, I, I just don't yeah I don't understand that and I think it's something that I mean these are things that have become really popularized with social media right and specifically YouTube like the whole makeup tutorial industry is huge um, and I think yeah like I echo what you're saying like I I I could see if it were um, it were something that was necessary like if you want to focus on maybe somebody should come out with a makeup line that helps to correct like Acne scars or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, like where it's it's beneficial for your skin. Not oh, you're wearing this makeup to cover up, you know, what you see as flaws. Like yeah. no, let's help. Let's help to fix those things or because like they're organic, yes, biodegradable, they're reversible. Like. You know, yeah. And I think like I think like what someone was saying like Fenty was was necessary, right? Because most like most um well the makeup that I wear is um BB. No, bo- yes, BB. Bobby Brown Cosmetics, mm. right? And they have... Their makeup is really representative, I would say. Like, like there is makeup that, like, matches my skin to a T. But th- it used to be, like, before Bobby Brown and Fenty, and there were, like, makeup where they didn't recognize... Or it didn't... It wasn't um, varied based on undertones. So it was pretty much, like, if you had dark skin, you had to wear whatever was there, and they would make you look real ashy, <laughs> like... <laughs> It was just trash. And I mean, this was before I was wearing makeup. So I would be seeing other people like, yo, that is not good. You know, but what can you do? Like yeah. if you were a makeup wearer or you feel like you need it, you had to, you had to go with that. Yeah. And then here comes Rihanna with like, oh, we have a gazillion shades from the from the palest to the darkest. Yeah. You know, and all of the, you know, cool tones, warm tones, in between tones, you know. So that is necessary. That's meeting a need. But if you're just making more colors or making more foundation, like I don't know, I I think, yeah, they, for them to be artists, there's just zero creativity. Um, so hopefully, hopefully these next few businesses, I'm glad that the perfume is the perfume thing done. I don't know. I feel like I haven't had a, seen a lot of
1: like perfume people. You know, it used to yeah. be everyone used everybody to come out with a perfume, had, fragrance, yes.
0: and now I, I don't really see that much yeah so i guess this is the first it was clothes then perfume yeah that's and now true makeup. everyone had
1: a clothing line now yeah. everyone has a makeup line i yeah. don't know so we'll, yeah
0: we'll see maybe hair products i don't know maybe we'll more see. creative more creativity in this new decade yes, that's what yes we'll be yes. hoping for yes um but that wraps up our episode thanks so much for listening that is yes. episode eight and so follow us on instagram of course um we want to start uh, i think that we've kind of had a lag in some of our content mm-hmm. so i want to start getting back to that you know post posting things that spare like, conversation, yeah, spark yeah, conversation Yeah, the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we can engage with y'all more. Um, and you can email us at woke.ishpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can follow us um, on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, that wraps up our show. Yes. Bye, y'all.